Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation or somebody say part of the problem, either which way is fine with me. You can also send a message through the KPL app chat. Just download the KPL app. If you don't have it, open it up. Hit that little text icon up at the top right corner, select general message, and you can send a message straight to the show, and I respond to those both on and off the air. All right. So, unfortunately, as much as I would like to talk about literally anything else, we do have to talk about the Manhattan DA and the the, the case uh that Trump over the weekend said was going to lead to him getting arrested tomorrow. Now, nobody had any reason to actually believe that there was speculation that was uh, broadcast on Fox, but the Manhattan DA hasn't talked to Trump's people. Hasn't talked to Trump's lawyer. Uh, Trump had no basis for this other than just a dramatic claim made based on something he may or may not have heard on Fox news. But he did say it all of a sudden. It's just a tidal wave of response after response. The whole country getting up in arms about uh, about Donald Trump getting arrested. And we do have to talk about it. Um, you've been hearing about it all day, I'm sure. I would like to give you my take. My take is that Donald Trump is a morally flawed man for pay, for having an affair, paying a porn star for sex while his wife was pregnant with his son. And that is a terrible, terrible thing. The payoff after the fact is not that great of a thing either. The Manhattan District Attorney going after Trump for this is a political stunt. Trump was wrong to do it. He was wrong to pay Stormy Daniels off. By the way, kudos to us in Louisiana for being able to produce somebody like Stormy Daniels to really make the national conversation so much more entertaining. Yes, she is a porn star from Louisiana. I don't know if y'all remember, but several years ago, uh, she toyed with the idea of a run for U.S. Senate against David Vitter and Charlie Malonson and uh, backed out at the very end. But I remember it very distinctly because at the same time as this election, there was the whole scandal about the RNC, some RNC money being used to take donors and, and members of the RNC to a strip club in Washington, D.C. And she put out a statement in support of the RNC saying, th- basically, thank you for supporting people in my industry. But anyway, um, Trump was wrong to sleep with her. He was wrong to pay her off to keep her quiet. And the Manhattan DA is wrong for pursuing this case. We know the Manhattan DA is wrong for pursuing this case because the feds walked away from this case. And even the DA was walking away from the case until the far left pressured him into staying with it and bringing up charges. This is all to appease the far, far left. This is not a plump. Uh, uh, this is. This is not a plot by the Biden administration. This is nothing other than pure, naked politicization from a Manhattan DA, who, by the way, as Ron DeSantis noted earlier this year, 
or I'm sorry, earlier today, God, my words are not great today. As Ron DeSantis noted earlier today, and this has been making the rounds too, this DA is backed by George Soros. Now, we need to pause there real quick because I need to explain this. The left likes to shout about anti-Semitism whenever somebody says Soros funded because it sounds like the old trope of the Jews are behind everything, and that's something they like to pin on the right, except... To say that this DA is Soros-funded is actually 100% correct. There are districts attorney across the country whose campaigns were funded by dark money that originated with George Soros for the purpose of revamping the justice system, and this DA is one of them. This DA has purposefully changed felony charges to misdemeanors, has lightened sentences, has lightened charges in order to keep people out of prison. He has fundamentally worked to reduce charges in order to make himself look better to the criminal world, basically. In the idea, in the vein of criminal justice reform and social justice and all this, but in reality, All he does is raise his standing with the criminal underworld, which in turn goes out and commits more crimes. And yet, despite wanting to reduce charges across almost across the board, he's pursuing charges that the federal government walked away from. See, the the federal government tried to get John Edwards on the same thing several years ago. If you will recall, when John Edwards was running for president against a bunch of other Democrats, Edwards had an affair and tried to pay that woman to keep quiet about it. And it was seen as a campaign violation, just like the Trump case is right now. And there was the opportunity, but the government said, nah, this is, this is really nothing. We're not going for it. And yet the progressives still want to force this Manhattan DA to bring these charges up against Trump. In effect, what they're doing is they're just really determined to get Donald Trump on something. But here's the problem. Even if Donald Trump were in prison, he can still run for president. Being a convicted felon does not actually prevent you from running for president. I know some people like to, to, to think that. But running for federal office, the, the rules for running for federal office are laid out in the Constitution. It's not a matter of state law. It is a matter of the Constitution. And the Constitution only says you need to be 35 and a natural-born citizen in order to run for president. That's it. There is nothing in there that disqualifies you from it if you meet those requirements. So even if Donald Trump is sitting in a prison cell, he can still run for president. Case in point, the Tiger King's running for president. He announced his candidacy for as a libertarian. Joe Exotic is sitting in a prison in a federal prison cell. He can still run for for uh, president. No, arresting Trump, sending him to prison, that's not going to prevent him from running. And to be honest, a lot of people say they're upset and Trump is calling on people to go protest for him and all this stuff. This isn't going to cause a huge rally around Donald Trump either. This isn't really going to affect whether or not the base does or doesn't support him in the presidential primary. 
the people who are most likely to vote for Trump would stick with Trump no matter what. The people who are not necessarily 100% Trump are really just looking for a good excuse to not vote for Trump. And the people who are anti-Trump were never going to vote for the guy regardless. This isn't going to change the dynamics of the race very much. But what this does do is it makes a mockery of the criminal justice system. Serious crimes are committed, and those criminals, their sentences, their charges, everything like that, that's all reduced by this Manhattan DA as part of the, this idea of criminal justice reform from within the system. But a, a nonsense charge the feds didn't pursue, the state didn't want to pursue, and a Manhattan DA is pursuing only because he's been pressured by uh, the, the loudest voices in his own political group. Those charges, he's going to bump, he's going to try to, to maximize that one, squeeze as much out of that one as possible. The feds knew there was no case. The feds' case, or the feds knew that their case was going to center around Michael Cohen and Stormy Daniels, two of the most unreliable witnesses that you could bring forward. And yet, they're still going to go with the Manhattan DA is going to go for this long shot case just to appease the loudest voices in his party. So then what happens? At a press conference today, the governor of Florida, who is not in New York, is not a member of Trump's team, has no stakes in this, was asked about it at a press conference. And what did he say? He said, I don't know what goes into paying a porn star hush money. And then he says, but I will tell you, this is a George Soros-backed DA. This is a mockery of the system. I'm not taking part in this political sideshow. And he's absolutely right on that. It is a political sideshow. It is a distraction from the things that are really ailing the country, like a potential financial crisis, like a, a, a growing destabilization on the global scene, inflation still being high, the works. But we got to focus on this because Trump said he's going to be arrested tomorrow, and he may or may not be. But this DA, this DA is pushing forward on a case that should never have been pursued. It is a joke of a case. If you are going to seriously go after any person who has run for office, who has paid hush money to keep people out of the headlines, you're going to have to do a whole lot of investigating because you know that's not just a one or two person scheme. You know that has happened since time immemorial. There's no interest in actually making this a legitimate use of the criminal justice system. There is just, we got to arrest Trump and send him to jail for something. And that's all they're going for here. He's guilty of something. I know he's guilty of something. We got to get him behind bars. We, we, we just got to arrest him, take him off the streets. He's a menace to the rest of us. It's not going to stop him. Not even going to come close to stopping him. This is feel-good criminal justice. It actually does nothing in the long run. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. In the meantime, let's take this break. We'll be back for our uh, next segment to talk about this and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat for more. So 
got a little worked up during that last segment. I apologize. I try to keep things even keel, but it, it, it's just, it's, it's very problematic. Okay. Y'all know my thoughts on the guy. I don't care for him. But at the same time, to continue to use and abuse the criminal justice system just to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks against Donald Trump is a waste of resources. It's a waste of our time. The fact of the matter is the feds decided not to pursue it because they knew they would lose. The state did not pursue it. This one DA in Manhattan is is pursuing state election charges because he was being pressured by the far left into doing so. That's all this is. This isn't some finally we got him thing. And anybody who thinks it is, is really just hoping beyond hope that this time will just be different and it's not going to be. Moving on. There's a lot being made in the media. Even the Daily Wire has written about it. And that is, uh, that's the Louisiana Republican Party now having a supermajority in the legislature. Um, and that's cool. That's cool for people to be excited about it. It's cool for people to really, yay, we have a supermajority. And that's people all around the country that think that. Yay, the Republicans are making advances in a deep red state that shouldn't have a, a Democrat governor. But you and I both know this is nothing to celebrate. This, the, there's no difference now than there was before the weekend. Nothing has changed because we have the same legislators that we've had. You don't change your party to Republican from independent or Democrat or whatever unless you're scared of losing. There's no ideological shift in that. Sure, he's been a reliable vote in veto override sessions, but this is an electoral move. And even if he is some super conservative sleeper agent, we still have people who have had the R behind their name for years who've been everything but conservative. So I'm sorry, I can't be excited about this historical moment for Republicans in the legislature. I can't. And I know y'all can't either, because y'all know just as well as I do, nothing has actually changed. And the media writing breathlessly, the advocate will write breathlessly about the terrible Republicans and how much they can stall John Bell Edwards in his final year as governor, a blue governor in a red state, breathlessly writing about the controversies of Republicans stalling him. Except when it comes to the stuff that matters, Republicans still won't get anything across the finish line of the legislature, much less onto John Bell Edwards' desk for him to veto. They're not going to be able to do anything substantive because they're still their own worst enemies. All right, 232-1542. When we come back, Let's talk about the global stuff because the president of China went to Moscow and I have some thoughts right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.
Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, turning away from national affairs, I want to get into some global ones. So this morning, er, early for us, but Monday morning in Russia, a plane from China lands, and it's President Xi Jinping landing in Moscow for a three-day conference with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Putin took a weekend excursion to Ukraine to oversee the rebuilding of a big city in Ukraine that had been destroyed because of his invasion into Ukraine. This meeting between China and Russia should concern you and me, It should concern the Biden administration. It should be concerning for all of us. It's not just a meeting about China reinforcing its support for the Ukraine invasion. That is ostensibly the case, but this is about something more. And it's something the Biden administration just is incapable of handling. The realignment of the world away from the U.S. and its Western allies is destabilizing. Now, to your average anti-war, nationalist, isolationist, the, the type of stuff that that Trump was pushing when he was in office, but never quite got all the way there. And a lot of, a lot of Trump's fans were happy about this. They liked the nationalist focus. They liked the focusing on American, leave the world alone type policies. It sounds fine for America to not be a leader on the world stage for somebody else to take this over. Except we're past the point of no return on true nationalist isolation. We are in a global economy. Our own economy is very dependent on the global economy. And our strength, both both economically and militarily speaking, is derived from our involvement with the world. For the U.S. to just suddenly withdraw from that and leave a power vacuum is not a good thing. The world grows a lot more unstable when that happens. The last time the U.S. really stepped away and took an internal first focus, an isolationist focus, was when the worst president of all time, Woodrow Wilson, was in power. Do you know what happened when he pulled America away from the world stage, said America doesn't need to be a major power here, America needs to focus on itself, and we need to focus on making a nicer, happier world by just leaving everybody alone? World War I happened, and the U.S. stayed out, and it stayed out, And it stayed out until we couldn't stay out any longer. The world had grown entirely unstable. The U.S. 
being involved in World War I earlier would have made the war stop earlier. But the fact of the matter is, the U.S. being a leader on the world stage tends to keep things fairly stable. Now, there are some unstable actors in the world, but as a whole, things are relatively stable. For years, foreign policy experts have considered the the world to be transitioning from the bipolar world of the 1980s, the Cold War era, this Russia on one, uh, one pole and the U.S. on the other pole, that bipolar global power breakdown, we've been transitioning from that to a tripolar breakdown where it's the U.S. and Russia and China. And part of the problem is that Russia and China have projected a lot more strength than they actually have. To be absolutely fair, Russia has proven itself to be somewhat of a paper tiger in the Ukraine conflict, getting drawn into a protracted war that should have been quick if the assumptions about Russia's military strength were real. But the assumptions were not valid. Russia was relatively a paper tiger. The conflict would have been over if the U.S. had gotten involved, not saying we should get involved and have boots on the ground there, but saying that if the U.S. had gotten involved in a stronger way from the beginning, the conflict would have been over a lot sooner. But Russia is having money problems. Russia is having military problems. They have more warm bodies to throw at Ukraine than Ukraine has to defend itself from Russia. But China stepping in helps Russia. It helps Russia continue to look stronger than it actually is. China, meanwhile, has long been feared as a potential military threat. But what we know about the Chinese military and economy is that both are built on a pretty stable, pretty unstable foundation. They are like a house of cards, flimsy at best. See, China is largely incapable of innovating. Everything they have, every technological advancement they have over the last several decades has been through espionage and theft, both military and corporate. The only way they stay afloat as a country is by innovating based on what they've stolen. They don't actually create anything of their own. They don't actually provide any unique innovation. They just take what's already there and they jiggle with it a little bit. And what they usually produce is on par or maybe a generation behind the current technological generation. So the strength of both Russia and China is inflated. What we've projected for a while from both is actually not, they're not as powerful as we thought. But they have numbers and they still have military strength. And we shouldn't overlook that. Could the U.S. win a one-on-one conflict with them? Probably. In the case of China, it comes very close. 
But when both of those powers are joining together for the sole purpose of pushing the U.S. and the West out of their spheres of influence, that creates a destabilizing destabilizing force in the world. And when there's instability in the world, when something is actively destabilizing the world, it leads to more armed conflict, not less. China will say it's working for peace, but what China is really doing is working to get people in its pocket. China really wants Russia in its pocket. Russia really wants China to be on its side, to be its friend, so that they can work together to push back against the West. Joe Biden and his administration, under no circumstances, will be properly able to take care of this. They have been timid. They've been weak on the world stage. Joe Biden let one of our closest allies in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, say, you know what? We don't need you. You've ignored us. You haven't listened to us. You have threatened to make us a pariah. So we're going to turn around and we're going to go work with China. And Saudi Arabia goes to China and says, hey, look, Iran is an unstable force. They are a threat to our business interests and our national interests in the Middle East. Help us out here. And Iran, who has already worked closely with China, is all too happy for their friends to be at the peace table instead of the U.S. Even though the U.S. would love to make deals with Iran because it looks so much nicer on paper than dealing with Saudi Arabia. To the left, not to, you know, most rational people in the world. So Biden has seeded the Middle East. Even Israel looks to China at times instead of the U.S. because the Biden administration has proven itself fairly hostile to the interests. China has proven itself to be more reliable toward the hostile powers, to, to be able to say to Iran, hey, calm down. So as a result, Biden seeded the Middle East. Biden doesn't really have much respect on the world stage. Europe, everybody loved to just rant and rave about how much of an embarrassment Donald Trump was on the world stage. But where has Joe Biden gotten us in terms of respectability? He's barely there mentally, cognitively. He's barely there physically. He's on vacation every other weekend, if not more often. Biden doesn't meet with our allies. He doesn't meet with our friends. He doesn't try to advance U.S. interests on the world stage because he, like China and Russia, thinks that the U.S. being present on the world stage is a destabilizing factor when, in fact, the opposite is true. North Korea now is saying they are running, uh, they're having dry runs for possible uh, nuclear conflict with South Korea. They are launching missiles in the general direction of military exercises between South Korea and the U.S. North Korea is emboldened. China is emboldened. Iran is emboldened. Russia is emboldened. Israel and Saudi Arabia are looking at China and saying, okay, maybe you can help stabilize things. Because the U.S. isn't listening to us anymore. I don't know. What the Biden, what the world thinks of the Biden administration. But I know what Americans think. 
when it comes to all the stuff happening around the world. Sometimes it is better that Biden doesn't say anything at all than give the timid and meek and terrible responses to global events that he's been given. A meeting of the minds between China and Russia is bad for U.S. interests. A shrinking from the world stage is bad, it's destabilizing, and it will lead to more conflicts that inevitably will drag the U.S. in. I just pray to God that those conflicts come after Joe Biden leaves office. There's nobody in his administration who is anywhere close to hawkish enough to deal with foreign policy problems that will arise if the U.S. is just completely absent from the world stage. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. Before we go to a break, let's take one call real quick. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Okay. The number is 232-1542. If you happen to call the wrong number, it's okay. I'll forgive you. All right, we'll take this last break. We'll come back to wrap up the show here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Call in or send a message through the KPL app. We'll be back shortly right here. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat, I will be checking that after hours too. I know sometimes people send in messages late. I do check that from time to time, even after the show is over. So for the last several months, new CNN top dog, Chris Licht, has been trying to revamp the lineup and has gotten nothing accomplished. CNN's ratings continue to drop. Yesterday, I'm sorry, um, Friday, Friday, CNN's total viewer average was under $400,000, less than dollars, people, less than half of what MSNBC averaged through the day on Friday. Fox News averaged 1.43 million on Friday. In demographic, even worse, CNN averaged 77,000, which is uh, half of what... Fox News had in demo 154,000. MSNBC had 94,000 in demo on average. So this is just further proof that CNN is pretty irredeemable. Nobody wants to watch CNN and get something they could see on MSNBC, which is what they had become. All right, we've got just under a minute left, so we'll take one call. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Yeah, this is Larry. Hey, Larry, how's it going? Oh, it's going okay. I'm just going to make two quick comments. Uh, Number one, I do not agree with you about our ability to uh, uh, take on China and or Russia as well. No way for a two-front conflict right now and all the military professionals pretty much oh no i didn't say two for i said uh, one-on-one we could take either of them well even one-on-one not on uh, china has the uh, a navy equal to ours they have an air force that's got weapons that are developed mm-hmm. but that's number number one number one number two i, sin- I sincerely believe that 
it's logical for Saudi Arabia and Iran and all these countries to go on the side of China because they're going to a currency that's going to be solid compared to ours. And we can talk about it later. I know you don't have enough time right now. Oh, well, I appreciate the call, Larry. And yeah, let's have this conversation again because I sure. do I do think yeah. economically there is uh, something to be said for that last point. Thank you very much for the call. And thanks, everybody, for listening I'll be back again in 23 hours, as always, here on The Joe Cunningham Show. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, and email joe at redstate.com. Check out the podcast of the show by going to your favorite podcast platform or going to joecunninghamshow.substack.com. Shannon is offsides next, I believe. I saw Caleb Morse in the waiting room with him, so they will be on in just a moment right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.